0: That's right, it's Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Another Soldier of an episode is up and out. And my goodness, do we have a fabulous little conversation for you today all about human design, which, if you don't know, is actually one of my specialties. Human design is a system that I found back in 2019 and utilized with my marketing clients at the time. For those who don't know, I used to be the CEO of a marketing agency, and I worked one on one with a lot of solopreneurs, building businesses, doing branding, just a number of different things. And when I found human design, it just, man, it changed the ball game in regards to really helping folks to get down to the soul of who they are, what the best kind of business looks like for them how to manage it blah 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 so many different things and I still offer human design readings to this day although you know that's just one of the things that I do and the Akashic records are really for me like my my baby my mainstay (laughs) but I love human design and I'm really excited to share today's conversation with you because Rachel Lieberman is not only A very interesting and brilliant person, but she comes at human design from a very unique perspective, which we're going to be talking about quite a bit today. So before I dive into that, though, of course, I just have a couple of announcements for you on the front end. First of all, the December Akashic Toolkit is not going to be out until the 9th this Friday. Y'all, I have, I, I can't even begin to tell you what the past couple of weeks have been like for me without sounding like I'm just ultra complaining and <laughs> being negative And I don't want to do any of that. I just don't. Um, it's just, it's not been easy. And I, um, yeah, I'm behind. That's really all I can say. So forgive me if you have been patiently waiting on this. I usually try to get them out, you know as soon as possible. But it just, yeah, I I am, I have not been in control lately. (laughs) I'll just put it that way. All kinds of crazy things have been happening since um, Mars went retrograde. And in my life with my clients, my sessions, it's just, it's, it's been, I've had to let go for my sanity's sake. And, you know, that's always a good lesson, but definitely not one that's easy. So, Anyway, suffice it to say the toolkit will be out this Friday on the 9th, so not to worry, it's coming, it's coming. The second thing is I have one open slot for a mentorship position with me. This is spiritual mentorship. If you aren't familiar with these... Um, I I've been coaching and mentoring people for many, 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 many years, not only uh, within my current practice, but also prior in my marketing agency. It's one of the things I love to do. And I have one slot that is going to be opening up in January. So if that is something that you would be of interest, um, or if you have any interest, I should say, feel free to reach out to me and I can send you more information I don't put this on my website, um, for particular reasons, but, um, yeah, there's a couple of things that I really love working with folks on. Um, for example, deepening, you know, your practice within the Akashic records, reconnecting, healing your heart, starting and strengthening your intuitive practice, developing a relationship with your inner child, personal empowerment, uncovering and following your life's purpose coming into alignment with your body how to work with your guides etc etc honestly I do a lot of life coaching and a lot of spiritual coaching and that's really kind of you know I'm never going to be this person who has like a super niche because I would just be bored if I just focused on one thing (laughs) I'm a manifesting generator after all as you will find out which means that I have lots of specialties so anyway, if that's of interest to you, feel free to reach out, contact me. And um, last thing here, very exciting: make sure that you are on my email list because I am going to be launching a really, really cool 2023 new New Year, New You service. I have actually not figured out what I'm going to call it yet, but it's going to be a mix. It's an audio Akashic reading that will include me going into the records for you, asking a set number of questions about 2023 for you, like, you know, what the year's about for you, how to take most advantage of it, some things to watch out for, etc. And then I'll actually be combining that with a restorative session. So I will be going in and clearing away any records, any energy any debris anything that will hold you back from really taking on 2023 in an empowered and vibrant way so if that sounds cool to you again make sure you're on my email list usually whenever i'm like launching specials i only like i initially launch them to my email list oftentimes don't even bring them out to the podcast so Make sure that you're there. That way, you can get first dibs because there will be only a limited amount that I um, that I offer up. And that's really it. That's really it. Okay. So diving into today's discussion. So Rachel Lieberman, as the founder of Pure Generators, Rachel creates tools, courses, and readings to help express our soul frequency in our human lives specializing in human design generators and manifesting generators she is particularly interested in how we can liberate ourselves from draining jobs use our life force in satisfying and energizing energizing ways and understand the shift into the new paradigm so rachel does primarily specialize in working with generators and manifesting generators but not to worry if you're a projector, reflector, manifester, this show is also for you because between MGs and generators, we make over we make up over 70% of the planet. So guaranteed you are in relationship with one and better understanding how important it is for generators to be in alignment is massive. Suffice it to say that if if generators and mgs, if we were all fully in alignment with what we're supposed to be doing, instead of just doing what we feel like we have to do, the world would be a completely different place. So generators and MGs are the life force, are are the energy that propels everyone else and really empowers everyone else to also do the things that they love. So besides, we're not just focusing on that topic at all today, although we will be talking about it. So definitely recommend tuning in, we're going to be talking about how human design is so helpful in the Aquarian age, AK really kind of kicking off big next year as Saturn goes into Aquarius. Um, again, we'll be talking about why generators and MGs, why it's so important for them to be, you know, hooked into the grid, hooked into their alignment, I should say. How human design is really different from our sole purpose, but it works as a complementary tool. There's so many things that we're gonna be talking about today. So Join in, tune in, be sure to share it with someone who could benefit from it. I'd love to hear how it resonates with you, sending you so much love. And we will, well, I'll see you on the other side. (laughs) Welcome to the Soul Driven Podcast. I believe that when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits. If you are searching for meaning and purpose, if you are unsure about how to combine the spiritual with the everyday, if you are ready to uncover who you truly are, then you've come to the right place. The Soul Driven Podcast is dedicated to exploring the intersection of living a soulful and spiritual life in a driven and ambitious world. Join me for practical guidance, truthful discussions, and interviews with people who are successfully living a soul-driven life. My name is Anna Hendricks, spiritual guide, marketer, and your host. Thank you for being here. Welcome back, folks, and thank you so much for joining us for another Soul Driven interview. Today, I am very excited to introduce you to and welcome to the show, Rachel Lieberman, founder of Pure Generators, a human design platform. Welcome to Soul Driven. Rachel, so nice to have you.
1: Thank you, and I'm really happy to be here. (laughs)
0: <laughs> we have a lot to talk about today, and um, perhaps in in pure generator form, uh, we'll we'll do all the things, try and touch on all the corners. Um, so, a little bit of background for folks: it's so funny how small this world is. Because when I kind of rejoined Twitter back in August, September, and was like, "Ooh, I want to hang out on this platform more." It which used to be my favorite platform. I came across several different human design practitioners, such as Rachel, who were just sharing incredible information, talking about things from different perspectives that I hadn't heard before. It was like I literally would stay up till midnight just scrolling their feeds. And um, Rachel's work in particular really stood out to me. And then I actually checked out her website and realized that I had been visiting her website on and off for some time and reading her articles and her blogs, just all a wealth of information that she puts out into the world with the work that she's doing. So of course, I had to reach out and ask her to come on and, and talk with us and, and share some of that wisdom. So again, so happy to have you here. Um, just a reminder for folks. So first of all, this interview is also being taped on YouTube, so you can come over and hang out with us there if you would like to. And in addition, I would recommend in preparation for today's discussion to check out and look up your human design chart. So you can actually do that at puregenerators.com, which is Rachel's site. She's got a little place there where you can look it up, or you can go to geneticmatrix.com. And we're going to be touching on a bunch of different things, but it's always fun to have your own chart in front of you. So if we talk about gates or anything like that in particular, then you can see where you're at and see kind of how things are working. Um, But without further ado, let's jump in. So Rachel, the first question that I love to ask all of my guests, what makes you soul driven?
1: Yeah, well, I would say that from a very young age, I always had this feeling that there was like something more to being here. I think as a kid, a lot of us feel that. And then sometimes we lose it as we grow up. But I've just always connected with feeling like, "Hmm, maybe there's something going a little bit more below the surface. And I think as I grew up and had what you might call a spiritual awakening, I started to see that there was like an underlying sole purpose to everything I did even if it was the most mundane thing that I did at my day job um, whatever it was cleaning my house and so I just started to view the world through that lens and at a certain point it became clear that I wanted to do something with all of my time that felt like a soul expression which is why I do what I do now with human design but I feel like that permeates every aspect of life. And when I remember that, it's a lot more fun to be here on Earth.
0: (laughs) Yeah, for sure. I've talked about on this podcast a lot about how I think as a young child, too, like I just knew that there was more. I was always looking for that magic. And so much of my life, I feel like was spent searching for that, you know, and Mm -hmm. because it was like I couldn't find it. I don't know why it had to take me so long to get here, but, you know, all things for For purpose, But still, it was just like I spent so much of my life, I think, feeling frustrated and also bored, quite frankly, because it was just like I wasn't interested in just, you know, going the typical route of like go to school and go to college and get married and have a family. And like that was just not anything I was interested in. Um, Did you also have that sort of same struggle in the midst of growing up?
1: I thought I was interested in that because that was what was around me. I didn't really see any other options. But as I got into my 20s, I was like, oh, yeah, I wanted to do something different. I don't I think that I did walk a pretty traditional path for a while there. But I'm definitely not on that path now. (laughs) So yeah.
0: Nice, nice. Well, as we kind of jump in here, um, I definitely would love to start and for you just to kind of share with us a little bit more about how you came into the work that you do today with human design. So
1: yeah, so I guess up until I was about 27, I had a traditional corporate career. I was a project manager um, in the translation field, so language translation. It was actually really interesting. I liked a lot of things about it. I really love languages. It was very interesting people working all over the world, Um, but I had sort of a very abrupt spiritual awakening when I met what you might call my twin flame. There's a lot of distorted information about twin flames out there, but this person is now, I'm actually, we got married a few months ago, but he's now my partner. And it was just an experience of basically meeting someone who I felt just this really, really intense, pure love for. And it, sort of showed me like all the places in my life where I was not happy or where I had wounds or it just kind of shattered all the illusions I had about what I was doing in the world or what I was supposed to do in the world. And so that plunged me into a very deep period of about three years of intense healing, which was like a lot of crying, a lot of reflecting, um, a lot of growing and I was still living my life as a project manager every day, and that kind of supported me through that big period of transformation. And let's see, it was 2019. I had kind of known for a long time that I wanted to work for myself. I want to do something different. I had an Oracle deck out in the world, the Minimalist Oracle, which is um, my first project, but that wasn't a full business. It was just kind of a side project, and I didn't really know what I would do. So then all of a sudden, one day I was at work. I'd been really unhappy for a while. I was very burnt out. I was definitely not doing something that was correct for my energy, which for me was managing people. That's really not my strong suit. And I just had this moment where I was like, oh, I need to get out of here. Like I call it a sacral scream. It was like something inside of me was like not a minute longer because I'd really, I really, I'm a generator. I would have stayed like I really wanted to, to stick with that and Like the next day at work, I I quit and it was really shocking in a lot of ways for me, for everyone around me, but I knew that it was time. I had no idea what I was going to do. I was thinking maybe I'll go into another job like this. I don't know, but I just need like a couple months to rethink all of this. Um, And a few weeks later, someone, well, like three people mentioned human design to me and I really didn't get it at first. I was like, what is this? I think I looked at my chart. I was like, this makes no sense. And by the third time I was like, okay, this is kind of a sign I should look into this more deeply. So I did and immediately it explained like everything that had just happened to me. And I was like, okay, I'm new to this and I'm new to learning it, but I have something to say about this because I've been experiencing it for so long. So I was like, I'm gonna just gonna start a blog and we're gonna see where this goes. And yeah, it's been like three and a half years now. And here I am, I have peer generators. I've gotten to do so many cool things put so much content content out in the world met so many people um actually wrote a book with a publisher this year that's coming out next year so yeah it's built into this really amazing thing that feels very aligned with my purpose and yeah it's been great
0: <laughs> i love it i love it yeah when i when i look at your website um you know as a retired marketer and and business builder I just see all of the many ways in which you have created around human design and built out all these little things for folks to just really help them kind of dive into it. So for anyone who hasn't come into contact with human design, how would you describe it?
1: Yeah, I think of human design as sort of a blueprint or a guide to how your energy body interacts with the world. So in human design, we're always talking about the aura. We each have an aura type, but it goes far beyond the personality, even the soul. It's not so much about the soul. It's more about the vehicle for the soul. And I just love it because it's really practical. It helps us figure out how we are uniquely designed genetically to make decisions Um, how we exchange energy with other people, how we know when it's time to make a decision. So I always think of it as the how, as opposed to the what. So sometimes a lot of us know like, oh, this is what I want to do, but we're like, how do I possibly get to that? So I think human design is really helpful in giving us that blueprint for figuring out the how in carrying out what we want to do.
0: Yeah. I love that. (laughs) I love that. Love it. That's, that's a tweetable Rachel. (laughs) Yeah, um, <laughs> yeah. you know, for me, and I think for a lot of listeners on this podcast, most of them probably know that I'm also a human design practitioner. And when I found it was actually back in 2019 as well. And I was utilizing it then with my marketing clients. And I loved how practical it was, because, you know, even though my metaphysical awakening, as I would call it had already began, I was not bringing that into my work. That just wouldn't, there really wouldn't have been a lot of place for that. Um, But when I realized the power of, you know, first of all, everything is energy, right? And then you've got this human design system, which teaches us how to understand our energy and how it interacts with the world. And like you said, provides the how in order to make these things happen, I was just blown away. It was like, this is something I have to have in my life. I love looking at people's charts. I love working with them on it. Um, I just think it's, it's one of those systems that's really easy for anyone to kind of dive into. You know, you don't have to even be open and available for the spiritual. And you can learn so much about yourself. I mean... Even in the very beginning when I was just learning, I would just share like a few tidbits with my clients and they were just like, what? This is so cool. I want to learn more, Um, which I'm sure is in part why you so quickly, you know, latched onto it as well. Um, So I'm really curious, you know, there's um, well, I guess maybe we should kind of start with where do I start? I want to start on all things first. <laughs> um,
1: You're a manifesting generator; it's natural. I know. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so, one of the things that is unique about your work is that you really focus on generators and manifesting generators. Um, and I want to kind of really dive into that. But I guess first, the better place would be for for you perhaps just to tell us briefly about the five types, so everyone has you know just a nugget. Um, about them kind of before we dive in and we'll just start there. I think that maybe makes sense. <laughs>
1: yeah, I think so. Uh, most people, when they hear a bit about their type, there's some instant recognition. So it's a good place to start. So there are five types in human design. Um, I'll start with the most common uh, and then go to the least common Um there are generators, which is what I am. We are the builders of the world. We're here to do things that we love. And when we do that, it creates this sort of like life force field that envelops everybody and lifts everybody up. So generators are the ones that you see who it's really important that they love their job. They have all these passions. They're also the ones that you see that will be really frustrated about all those things in their lives. So generators are here to feel um, energized and satisfied when we're doing things that we love, and we feel frustrated when we're doing things that we don't love. Then we have manifesting generators, which there's about as as many manifesting generators as generators. I think there's a few percentage points difference, but these two types make up seventy percent of the population. So manifesting generators are sort of a variation of the generator, in that they're also here to feel satisfied and lit up by what they do, and they feel frustrated when they don't. But Manifesting Generators tend to be a bit more multi-passionate. They like to have many different things going. Um, They're they're able to sort of take action a bit easier than generators. um, And they're also here to build, but more so to kind of push boundaries in how they build. And manifesting generators are often like the people who have you know slashes in their title like singer songwriter actor like the, those types of people who love to do a bunch of different things um then we have projectors projectors are the guides of the population um manifesting generators and generators benefit a lot from having projector guidance in their life so as opposed to being the ones who are there to do all the Intense building and working every day and tiring themselves out. They're here to kind of have the bird's eye view, see what the generators and manifesting generators are doing, point out places that could be more efficient, help them figure out why they're frustrated. Basically, projectors with their oars take in a bunch of information, a bunch of energy from generators and manifesting generators, and and everybody else too. And they get um like insights on. How that energy could be better used so they are wonderful guides not here to be grinding um then we have the manifestors the manifestors are the ones who often like kick off the projects for everybody so they might get an idea they initiate something they have an aura that kind of blocks everybody else out and they need to have that so that they can get pure new ideas without everybody else um, like interfering in what they want to do they let everybody know they go for it then it would kind of be like they would the generators and manifesting generators would decide okay do I want to be part of this do I want to help build this Um, so they would say yes or no then the projectors would help guide the whole thing um, and manifestors typically start things They're not really there to finish things. So they may at that point move on to something else. Then we have the reflectors who are the 1%. <laughs> They're here to help us understand what we've created. They have an aura that samples things. They're very open. Um, they are sort of a different facet of their full self every single day, and they align with the moon cycle. So they take a long time to experience like all the different things out in the world and sort of give us all a reflection or assessment of what we've created. So that's how all the five types work together, which I think is really helpful to know, just thinking about sort of humanity as a whole, but obviously each of us with our type have our own individual experiences And, yeah, it's really nice to know how each of us is playing our own unique, important role in creating things in the world. And if we had this knowledge, I think our world would be a lot better if all of us knew sort of what we were here to do. We'd have a lot less frustration and creations that aren't really serving us. So, yeah.
0: (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. One of the things that I've heard often – and I'm curious about your take on this. I think that there's a lot of discussion, especially within the human design community, that projectors are the leaders of the future. Do you agree with this the statement?
1: Yeah, I, I think it depends on how we define leader. I think lead, leader, the, that definition or how we view that is actually changing. Previously, it was sort of thought that manifestors were the ones who had taken over as the leaders. They were traditionally the ones who maybe, because they can, had started things and then would kind of take over and, you know, force the generators and the manifesting generators, which really isn't true. I think we're all implicit in that dynamic um, by, you know, not knowing where we want to put our energy as, as generators or manifesting generators. But then the idea was that this shifted when the projectors came around in like the late 1700s and yeah I don't I, I see them it's it's almost like we're moving from that sort of top-down leadership to this more holistic uh, model where we're all sort of horizontal so in that case it would make sense because they are the guides but ultimately they're not really telling everyone what to do they're just facilitating what everyone kind of already has going on because they're so like they're so sensitive and connected to everyone else's energy.
0: They're really good at bossing people around though <laughs> I'm in relationship with one
1: <laughs> <laughs> they like to they they like to tell people what to do because they often see the best way to do that but then they you know over time have to realize that the people that are around them, need to be open to their guidance. They need to be invited in order to be understood and seen and recognized and appreciated. So yeah, if you if you know one of those people in your life who um, everyone has like an aunt or something who always has advice every time you see them, that may be a projector. Um, but when projectors understand uh, how their energy works and wait for people to recognize their their wisdom before they share it, then they end up feeling just a lot more, a lot less drained, um, a lot less bitter, which is their sign that they're not aligned. Um, and they just, yeah, they're serving everybody in a really positive way.
0: (laughs) Yeah. It was, it was something that was very helpful for my relationship when we learned about that dynamic in between, I think specifically like projectors and manifesting generators and generators. Um, I was like, oh, yeah, <laughs> I am very aware of this dynamic. We need to, yeah. the And it was really helpful um, for anyone who's in that space um, and or with a projector and or if you are a projector, the best question that you can ask is, can I share this with you? Can I share something with you? (laughs) Um, It just really completely changes the dynamic uh, just hugely. Um, Okay, perfect. I agree. And conversely. No, go ahead. Oh, sorry.
1: That was a delay. I was going to say, and conversely, I think as generators and manifesting generators understand ourselves a bit better, we'll get really good at inviting the right projectors into our lives. That's definitely something that I started to do over the last – like year and a half or so. And everything has gone so much better for me because I have these amazing projectors supporting my business and just supporting me and they're happy. I'm happy. And I think like as generators and manifesting generators, because we have the energy to build things, sometimes we think, oh, I don't need this guidance. And so then we're just crashing into walls, getting frustrated, like learning everything through trial and error when we really wouldn't have to. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, may I ask uh what type your spouse is?
1: He is a manifesting generator. I live in a house completely of generator types. My stepson is a generator, so yeah, <laughs> we're all sacral beings here.
0: I love it. I love it. all right, perfect. so um, yeah, I'd love to kind of dive into now because you really specialize in working with generators and manifesting generators, and um, you know, when you think about the fact that like these types take up 70% of the world. Uh, it, it just, it makes so much sense. We've got a lot of passion out there, a lot of energy, a lot of movement, a lot of wanting to do things. And so, but I'd love to hear from you, like why this is a specialty of yours. Um, and then we can maybe move into some understanding around why it's so important, you know, for generators, manifesting generators, MGs, to really be in alignment and living out their design?
1: Yeah, I'd love to say that it was some like masterfully strategic niche that I decided on. But honestly, I decided to just talk about generators and manifesting generators because that's what I am. And I don't feel that I could really speak to anybody else's experience. I'm seeing that trend in human design where we're getting more people specializing in their own type because we really do need to hear about the life experience from someone who lives that type. All of us can can facilitate, you know, learning for all the types. But I think really getting a window into someone's lived experience and working with someone who understands sort of the experience of living your body's mechanics is really helpful. But overall, I and when I found out that generators and manifesting generators were 70% of the population, I was like, this is great. I think we need this. <laughs> like, this is a lot of us. Um, who could use some support but generally when we look at how the auras work how the human design centers work generators manifesting generators have a defined sacral center so the sacral center is the life force of the planet we're the ones who are literally like emitting that and generating that everybody else the other 30 percent of the other types just kind of have to live in the field that we've created Um, so they're going to feel either that that joy or frustration even stronger than we do. And so in a lot of ways, the tone of the planet and what we're creating kind of lies in the hands of generators and manifesting generators. So in human design, we talk a lot about conditioning or misalignments in undefined or open centers where we're sensitive, but there's also a lot of Misalignments and conditioning in the sacral center, and so it like the defined sacral center for generators and manifesting generators because we've learned to put our life force energy toward jobs or energy outlets or projects that just don't actually feel good for us. So by shifting that for ourselves, we can really change the experience that basically everybody has on the planet, and allow those other types to also step into like their highest expression
0: i have a so one of the things that um, i was definitely curious to talk to you about i have my own sort of theories but and i've heard this before from other mgs is that we really like i know for myself i really resonate often more with the sort of projector type and Mm -hmm. sort of um outline versus the manifesting generator like what are some components in a generator or a manifesting generator um you know that might that might kind of lead to that that sort of a feeling in regards to you know maybe the energy isn't as consistent maybe um they really need their rest you know some of the more I guess sort of stereotypical things are associated with each type I'd be really curious to hear your perspective
1: yeah It's a common experience. And I even experience that sometimes too. I think it's due to a few things. One is that the majority of the channels in the body graph are actually what we would consider projected channels. So each channel kind of has its own type or strategy behind it, which basically means that it is good for us to wait until we have been invited to share something, particularly if you've got a lot of things going on in like your defined head or Ajna. Um, But really it's like all over a lot of channels are projected. So there's a lot of places where all of us are supposed to wait before we share something, or at least wait until our inner guidance, you know, our sacred response, our emotional authority or whatever we have has sort of prompted us. So I think that can have to do a bit with that. But also there is a lot of rhetoric out there about, Projectors needing to rest, but honestly, all of us need to rest. (laughs) Like, we all need, we all need rest. And they, a lot of people just read a little bit of human design. And I see this, like, people will comment on my posts and things like, oh, as a generator, I can do something new here. Like, I thought I was just here to do boring things. It's like, no, no, this is not a personality type. You know, this doesn't have to, it, it, it doesn't have to do with like the most surface level things of of who you are it's more like a deep mechanic is I guess how I would describe it so even if you have a defined sacral and you're a generator or manifesting generator and you're it's like the more you do the more energy you get the m- you still have to rest at the end of the day we're all humans we all need to sleep so I think maybe that's where some of that comes from when I I feel like you know I'm a generator I can definitely see how I have consistent energy every day. And I really love doing things that I love, but I'm also like a pretty cozy person who, who I feel like rests a lot, needs a lot of quiet time by myself. Um, and yeah, that's just sort of a human thing. So it's not like projectors are the only ones who need that kind of hair.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I hear this. I hear this pretty often and I love, oh my gosh, am I so happy to see sort of like the discussion really shifting you know, on the collective landscape in regards to rest, it has just been so incredible for me. I mean, back in like, like hardcore hustle days, uh, when I was a marketer, Mm -hmm. I was just like, this is not safe for everyone. Okay. (laughs) like We can't all do this, nor should we do this, you know? Um, I just think some of those things are really important and I think that too that when folks go out and they start learning more about their human design that understanding that I feel like anyway that you know the types are very like they're sort of general you know like they're kind of like the the foundation and then like there's all the pieces that fit on top of it that really make up like who you are so Um, you can have some of these components. Like my father is a projector and he has got like, oh my gosh, he's got, you know, hermit gates. He's got like, he's got several things in his chart that are like, dude, you need to spend a lot of time alone and chill. And he's the opposite of that because there's then that, Mm -hmm. you know, conditioning (laughs) component that, that is playing that part. So kind of going back to the manifesting generator and MGs or the generators and MGs, playing such a huge role in regards to really kind of helping to um, I think what you were really saying is like, in a way, it's like MGs and generators are really sort of kind of responsible for um, the energy of the planet, right? And and not that we're any better than any type. That's not, you know, of course, well, not what we're talking about here, but like just how crucial it is for MGs and generators to really be living their design. Um, so can you talk with us and share a little bit about what that actually looks like for a manifesting generator or a generator to really be living in their design? Like, you know, what are some real benefits, um, to themselves and sort of society at
1: large? Yeah, I would say that when you see a generator in particular, who is living their design, they are in flow, they feel like they're, like they have an outlet for the energy that they have every day, but then they're also receiving energy back from those activities. Um, they end the day feeling really satisfied, like that that good, tired feeling of like, oh, yeah, I feel really good about what I did today. I'm really, I'm just like tired. I'm ready to go to bed. Like I'm out. Um, and, it, you know, there's generally it's like generators are get really dedicated to one thing that's not always true. There are definitely some generators who maybe have more than one thing going on, but typically they all fall under kind of like the same umbrella. Um, And for manifesting generators, it's somewhat similar, but like the sort of the end feeling of like satisfaction at the end of the day, feeling like you're receiving something from what you're putting your energy into, but typically manifesting generators in particular they love the things that they do to feel like fun. Like I've, I see a lot of manifesting generators where they're like, as soon as it feels like a work, as soon as it feels like a class, as soon as it feels like an obligation, like they want no part of it. So for them, it's like always having this freedom to go into these new areas to try something out. Like a, I do see a lot of manifesting generators might have a day job, but then they're fully capable of like shutting that off and going and doing like their passion project at night or maybe they have all of those things like you know three different jobs that they do Um so it'll look kind of different for everybody but I would say like generators love to find this sort of like rhythm and flow and deep dedication to what they're doing whereas a manifesting generator kind of likes to find that constant freedom and excitement um and it all kind of ends in the same place which is like at the end of the day you're satisfied you feel good you're ready to go to sleep and you wake up rested the next morning
0: (laughs) um so what are the some of the biggest issues that you see holding back generators and mgs
1: yeah i mean if i could sum up the issues that everybody has, but I think this is particularly acute for generators and MGs, is it's honestly just the mind wants to take control. The mind wants to tell us that we're not at the right place in our journey, that our timing isn't right, that we're not doing the right thing. Human design is not about the mind. It's kind of about putting the mind in a passenger Place in the vehicle so we need the mind it's very important to us but it should be there to observe what our body naturally wants to do but that's hard like that's kind of what the human design journey is about and the more that you practice living in alignment with your inner guidance the more the mind relaxes but man generators and mgs have some of the hardest minds to break into that which is why i think the world is the way it is um who founded human design he always said like that's the job it's like wake up the generators and manifesting generators get them on the right track they have the hardest minds to get into this place of uh that passenger consciousness so honestly it's like different variations of that so in a lot of my work yes i really like to teach people about their design um But especially now, I'm kind of moving more into like, how do we handle the mind? Like, how do we give it something productive to do? How can we get our mind like thinking healthy patterns? Because when our mind is in a good place, then the rest of the stuff kind of happens naturally. Um, So that would be the number one thing is just like the mind doesn't understand what's going on with us and wants to take us in a different direction (laughs) that is not where our energy wants to go and it causes frustration.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. I see that all the time with my um, Akashic record clients all the time. It's like the guides will just be like, you're living from your mind instead of your heart. You know, Um, (laughs) it's just, it is, it's, it's so problematic. Do you think that generators, like the generators and MGs like struggle with this so much? Because I know for myself, I feel like a part of that is just like the enormous amount of energy running through me, like pretty much constantly And so it's just, like, the mind, like, wants – because I can't be as active as I would love to be. Um, You know, like, I – where I'm at in my career, like, I have to sit in front of the computer more than I want to. I can't be out, like, climbing hills and riding horses and, you know. Um, And so it, like, ends up filtering up here, you know, into this space. And, like, I'm, like, wanting to, you know, like – problem solve everything or like build everything or, you know what I'm saying? Um, Do you think that's part of why that, that occurs for us?
1: Definitely. And what you're speaking to is very common in particularly manifesting generators, especially manifesting generators with an undefined head center like you have is you guys are so quick to move into action that it's like your mind can, it gets an idea and it's like, you do it, idea, do it, idea, do it. So Um, it's very common for a manifesting generator to feel that way. It's like your mind just gets in that sort of passenger or, um, driver's seat with telling you what to do with your energy because you just have so much of it. So that is definitely part of it. I think generators often will experience similar things, but it's more so because we don't have that ability to take action quite as quickly, um, will sort of, our mind will tell us like, you should do this, you should do this. And then we do it and we feel bad or we're like, I can't even do that. So then you just feel frustrated. And then you're sitting there and you're stuck. Like that, that feeling of stuck comes up a lot. Um, but yeah, it's basically just the mind kind of, kind of just getting overactive and, and taking over all that boundless energy, it's difficult to get to a place where that energy is operating without the mind interfering. I mean, I teach this stuff 24-7 and it's like, I still go into those periods where I'll look back and I'll be like, oh my God, for the last month, I just like haven't even been listening to my inner guidance. So <laughs> each time it's like easier to get back to it and, and you get smarter over time at realizing when it's happening. But we're just conditioned into that as generators and manifesting and generators, you know, we're put straight into like systems, school systems, show up at this time every day, do this at the same time. You don't, you never have to think about what you're, what you're supposed to do. So then the mind just kind of gets in this thing of like, oh, well, I'll just tell you what to do because you've always been told what to do.
0: Yeah. And keep you safe and your little ball in the corner. <laughs> um... Exactly. <laughs> So as we're kind of shifting into the Aquarian age, I know you like, uh, you really enjoy talking about this. And I think that this is also, um, I love seeing human design kind of make, make itself known more on the forefront, because I really do think it's so perfect for this time. Um, But why do you think human design is so important for us as we're going into this, this new paradigm, this new shift, this new age, I guess, for us all?
1: Yeah, we're shifting into a time where we're not relying so much on those outside institutions and structures. We see this happening already, even just with COVID, everyone working from home, a lot of people exiting those types of more structured work environments. And that's not a good feeling always because it's scary. It's like, well, what do we listen to now if we're not listening to the church, if we're not listening to our boss, if we're not listening to the corporation or whatever it is that, or school. And so I feel like what human design does is it gives us that tool set of, oh, what do I actually listen to for me? And that kind of replaces that external structure that we previously had. So that's where I see it as a really, really helpful tool right now. But it also helps us see that every single person is different, which is another really important tenet of the Aquarian age. I see us as moving from these hierarchical structures where each structure says, okay, this is what you have to be and what you have to do in order to succeed. And that's kind of how we've been showing up. It's like, okay, you get in the corporation. They're like, this is the type of employee you have to be. And so previously that worked for us. It was like, that was what we were kind of here to learn during that time. And we would just become that and see success that has kind of stopped. It's not really the same like safety or success that we used to see. And so now, if we're all these individual little nodes that are all connected, sort of uh, a larger global community, um, understanding how and why each of us truly is unique and seeing where we fit into that global community is really, really helpful because there's not just like one way to succeed anymore.
0: Yeah, I've, I've been honestly getting really excited because I feel like first of all, I love seeing how many new creative businesses are popping up. It's just like mm-hmm, people mm-hmm. are really going for it with just like the wildest things. And I am I just get so excited because I love all the creativity. And then, you know, I think like even from um, a marketing perspective and a business growth and development perspective, it's like, we don't need to do the same things that we used to do before. We don't need to build like we did before, like really starting to think outside that box and think what is most aligned for me, you know, because that that shift really, like that paradigm really did happen, I think right around, you know, 2019, 20, where it's like people are really truly just buying our energy now, you know, like that's what they come to us mm-hmm. for. That's why they're attracted to us versus like, oh, you're putting out all this content, you're doing all these things. Not that those things can't, you know, play a role in in introducing us to new people, but it's just so different now because people are even seeing, like, it feels like to me, like, even beneath that surface of, like, well, you're talking about this, but what they're really hearing is this, right? Um, mm-hmm. And so that's what's really pulling them in. And I definitely see that shift from, like, the outside systems to more of the inside systems. And it gets me like all kinds of excited, you know, cause I clearly was never a fan of the outside systems anyway.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're a nat- designed to be a natural boundary pusher. And I completely agree. It's like now with the way technology is, it- pretty much anybody can create something glossy and high quality. Anybody can um do these technical things you know i i don't need to know code to connect like every and automate like every part of my business i just go on this thing it kind of leads me through a sequence and it starts doing it so that's not really where our value is anymore we're not like widget makers which was the previous. Job for generators and manifesting generators. And we're good at that in a lot of ways. We've got the energy, but that's what we're moving away from because we honestly just don't need that anymore. So it's exactly what you're saying. It's not really like what we're putting out there. It's not the pretty image. It's not the email. It's not whatever. It's like what our unique essence is. And that's what people are attracted to because I think we've all seen those things online where we're like, well, that looks great, but I have no interest in it because. There's nobody's unique essence that we're connected to, whereas people might create the jankiest, least high quality things ever of them just talking to you, but because they're sharing their unique essence with you, it's like you're totally captivated. So yeah, each of us understanding like what we bring uniquely to the world and literally every single person has something unique that they bring and it doesn't have to be just be in one different way. There's like infinite ways you can express that in the world. That's sort of like the future for all of us.
0: What part of the human design chart do you think really speaks to this best? Like if, if folks were like, I want to yeah. check out one part of my chart or, um, uh, wh- what would you suggest?
1: I honestly love our profile for that. It is the most similar to almost like a personality test or like a personality aspect of who we are. It's like the role we play in the world, um, when we think about our type and our strategy, which is like how we move through the world and then our um, authority, which is how we make decisions, those are all very action-based and like things we kind of have to act out and practice. Whereas profile really does say something about us of like who we are as a person. So you and I are both one, three profiles. So that first line, it's like, we're the investigators. We go deep into things. We are very like empathetic. We just sort of like have this deep understanding of what's going on. We want to figure out the foundation, like what is true. And then we've got this other third line and there are six total lines. You can have one of a lot of different combinations of these. The third line then pushes us to like, nope, but you have to experiment. You have to figure out, does it hold up in the real world? Is it like, does it actually make sense beyond the theory? So we're always going to be shifting between those two different things, but there's a, there's six of these different energies, depending on which numbers you have first, which one you have second, it's a totally different dynamic. So I really love profile for that. And um, that's definitely something I've focused on over the past few years, because I just think it is really valuable because there's a lot of different places where you could put that. But what I often see is that People might be doing something they're excited about, like a topic. Maybe they're like, oh, I'm really passionate about like um, saving the environment. But then they're, do- they're playing a role that's completely wrong for them. So then they become frustrated or bitter or angry or disappointed anyway. Um, and when you s- they see their profile, it's like, oh, well, I can just make this one shift. And then I'm actually playing a role that is correct for me. Yeah,
0: I love the profile. I love the profile. A friend of mine um, had actually met with a a human design reader and he was like, oh, she said like the profiles really aren't important. And I was like, what? (laughs) (laughs) No, (laughs) totally disagree. (laughs) We need to talk.
1: (laughs) Yeah, profile is super important.
0: Yeah, super. Well, you know, I think one of the ways that I was originally taught was that you know, we have the incarnation crosses, which were kind of like our purpose, right? And then like, but Mm -hmm. how we make that like come into, like how we create that is really through our profile, like utilizing those aspects of ourself. Um, But for me, I know that I think learning about my profile has really been the most helpful for me in regards to you know, a lot of these systems, uh, the thing I love so much about them is they help me to have more compassion for myself. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, And learning about the one, three was like, oh, (laughs) especially the third line. Yep. Um, Really helped me. Yeah. Just to understand so much about myself and really go deep. So I love that. Um, And I know, like, you have quite a bit of information about the profiles. You just did also a podcast, which uh, Rachel has this fantastic podcast. It's called New Paradigm Human. Um, Highly recommend. I've definitely started nerding out to it, but uh, did a great episode on the first lines. So if you do have a one in your profile, highly recommend checking that out um and i think you said you're going to be doing more of that content yes
1: yeah i hope so i just kind of have to wait until i respond to something in life and then it comes out so yeah but i love talking about the profile lines and that episode was particularly about like the wounds we get as that profile line which i love thinking about that and i was inspired just by someone in my real life sort of observing them living out those wounds so i was like oh right okay yes we do have that <laughs> i'll talk about that so yeah i'll definitely be talking more about profile
0: you got to do the wounds for the third line. I feel like the third line just, oh, my gosh. Like when my when my nephews, uh, my my oldest nephew, um, he's a 3'6". And when I started seeing him struggling with, you know, like all the conditioning of like, no, you have to choose, no, you can't, like, you know, just the sort of learning through failure thing that the third lines go through, that sort of natural curiosity and the way it's so shut down, um and conditioned I was just like oh my gosh came fully alive I was just like no <laughs> um I told my uh, brother and sister-in-law more than they probably wanted to know but it was just one of those things where I felt like oh my gosh I just think the third line gets it gets it hard
1: <laughs> I wouldn't mind trading I do too it especially if Especially if they're surrounded by other people who don't have that energy. A lot of us do. It's very common because if you have a sixth line, you're also a third line for the first part of your life. So there's a lot of that third line experimentation going on. But yeah, if you're around people who don't understand that, like I, both of my parents, they're not third lines. And I think they were always just like, what is wrong with you? Like, why do you need to go do all that <laughs> stuff? They didn't understand. So it's a very different process from the one that they had followed. And yeah, it can lead to just feeling really down on yourself, really pessimistic about life, Um, just feeling like you're a screw up or yeah, there's like this whole narrative out there about why you should be able to just sit down and logically figure it out and then do it. Um, But for those of us with third lines, it's never going to work that way. Like the only way we can fail is just by not trying. Every time we try, we, we are succeeding in a way because the point is just to see what happens figure out what works and what doesn't and move on. So yeah, really reframing that, very helpful for us.
0: Yeah, fully agree. So for folks who want to like really dive into their charts more and learn more about it, what what do you suggest to folks for kind of how to go about learning about their humor?
1: Yeah, I mean, there is a lot of information out there. I think a lot of it is not super accessible, which is actually why I spent this summer and fall writing a book um, that is beginner-friendly. Um, it comes out next year, so more information about that later, but, um, I would say you can never replace having a, a chart reading with an, you know, a human that you trust. Um, the human design chart is super complex. You can learn about one aspect of it in isolation, but until you are sitting with somebody who knows how to bring it all together, Um, it can be hard to understand all of it. So I would definitely recommend that. Um, I have some resources on my website. You can get a, um, like a chart report that covers the basics of your chart just to get you started maybe in your experimentation. And you can find different things like that all over the internet. Um, so I would definitely recommend that maybe if you're someone who's interested in self study, of course if you're like if you're a one line profile you might really want to like get googling if you're a second line profile or like a fourth line you might prefer to learn that through someone who you trust and you know so it just really depends on what you feel called to um and there are books out there too i don't think any of them are like terrible but um i'm kind of excited to have something out there that i feel like is a lot more approachable and like practical in terms of thinking about real life but yeah and i would also say like find people online who have your type and like watch them and um getting that like real life observation depending on who you are can really help you like understand yourself better too because we, sometimes we just get blind to like ourselves um and depending on how your chart is you may be more more apt to be that way so yeah like connecting with real people in the world who maybe have a similar chart to you is also really helpful
0: yeah absolutely I I mean you know my first line like I just dove in and read everything that I possibly could get a hold of and then I had a reading and then I did the full eight-week course and (laughs) you know Mm because I just I wanted (laughs) all the things um And I think it's really valuable to kind of have someone go over that with you if that's, you know, regardless of whether that's your first step or maybe even, you know, a step or two in. I think that that's great. Um, One of the things that I really noticed about – because I feel like – well, let me ask this actually. What are are some – um, are there any sort of like other websites that you might recommend that are good places to get information? One of the things that I've really found is like, there's a lot of generic yeah. information out there, you know, that's just, it doesn't really help to kind of differentiate the way, like it doesn't go deep enough. Um, and I think that that's yeah. kind of the over proliferation of readers and practitioners, but I'm curious what your kind of go-to spots are, or if you have any to share with us.
1: yeah. <laughs> Yeah. I mean, I think if you're someone who is feeling very attracted to like, you want to know about all your gates, all your channels. Cause I feel like there's, there's enough out there in podcasts and websites to get sort of like the basics of your type. Um, but if you're someone who wants to go deeper into that information, I really like the genetic matrix website. I think the you know, when you hear about a singular channel, you won't be able to know how it connects to like other aspects of your design in particular. But they have some nice, like, talking charts there um, that will go through all of that detail. Um, if you're interested in incarnation cross, like if you're interested in your purpose, and the incarnation cross is really, it's not really like a destiny, but it's more like when you shift into this energy, your destiny unfolds. Um, I really like, uh, the book by Chetan Parkin. Um, oh, I can't remember the name. I, think I know who you're, what you're Yeah, the book about. of destinies. Yeah. yeah. The book of destinies. Um, I think he does the best job of anybody of actually talking about all those incarnation crosses. I know a lot of people Google their incarnation cross and end up on this one site that kind of gives you like a, a line about it. Because that one is just like number one in the SEO, (laughs) but it's really easy to misinterpret that unless you read a bit deeper about it. Um, So I really like that book for that. Um, Yeah, beyond that, I really like listening to podcasts of people who talk about their type. Um, Alex Cantone, if you're a projector, she has a podcast called um, Projectors and You're Invited. Well, yeah, we'll check that. Yeah, you're invited. <laughs> I think is what it's called. Um, let me just like double check that because I don't want to get that wrong. Uh, but yeah, I think like the basic info is pretty easy to get out there. Um, but if you're wanting to go deeper, be a bit discerning. Um, about where you're getting information about things like incarnation, cross, uh, gates, channels, because it can be really easy to. Um, just read one line and extrapolate off of that without really understanding what it's saying.
0: Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Um, okay. And before
0: before we dive into the lightning round, you've got a lot of different things going on. I feel like, and a lot of different ways that folks can work with you and get a taste of your work. Um, I'd love for you to just share with share with us all the things.
1: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sort of in a a period of getting some new things going, retiring some old things. But what I'm focused on right now is I do work one-on-one with generators and manifesting generators for the first time ever, like doing an actual Zoom call. I also do a recorded sort of life purpose reading. So basically what I'm doing as part of that offering is I'm looking at like every part of like your soul journey and also your human design to sort of just answer any questions you have about your purpose or also just problem solve any areas of your life where you're feeling frustrated. It's probably kind of similar to maybe how you use human design in your practice, which is um, like bringing it in to actually help people figure out how to resolve a challenge in their life. So I really love doing that. I just started doing that last month and it's been really wonderful so far. Um, And yeah, I have some instant downloads on my website I do have guides to profiles not quite all of them yet but the most common ones so the the chances of you finding yours there would be very um pretty high um and yeah next year I am hoping to put together a way for people to keep experimenting with me like on a monthly basis like focusing on like one practice or one area or even something not fully related to human design but like okay let's do a subconscious upgrade like that idea of working more with our mind so that our design can unfold or like let's focus on your first profile line this month so that's definitely something that I'm putting together so I'll have more information about that but yeah overall you can find everything I have on my website at puregenerators.com lots of good content there and also everything that I offer
0: Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You have a great blog for, for those of us who love to geek oh, thank out. thank you. Fantastic blog. Yeah. Um, awesome. Okay. So let's dive into lightning round. Uh, quick, easy answers. Um, just kind of first thing that comes to mind. So first question, yeah. what is the one habit that you can't live
1: without? Mm, I would say right now, it's not looking at my phone or email until I have drank my tea in the morning and consumed some positive or uplifting content.
0: That's a good one. That's a really good one. Definitely. <laughs> really, really good one for right now. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Now, Now we're all feeling called out. In the best of ways.
1: <laughs> well, I would, and I would also say, I actually love the chaos of the internet. I love like <laughs> thinking all day. And that's kind of why I do that because it's like before I just like to put something good in my subconscious before I jump into literally like reading and consuming everything. So I'm not like that picky with what I consume, but just to start the day.
0: <laughs> no, it's, it's such a good process, pro- <laughs> the habit. I used to be really dedicated to that as well. And then I got all messed up in the pandemic. So it's, I'm Mm -hmm. I'm fighting my way back. (laughs) Totally. Um, Okay, number uh, two, what does spirituality mean for you?
1: Spirituality for me means living the best life I can as a human in this body as my unique self.
0: What is your advice to anyone who's looking to find their soul-driven path?
1: I would say get curious. Like, don't try to define anything too much and just start to notice what is calling to you in your day-to-day life. And typically everything unfolds from there. Okay.
0: And then last question, what is your favorite place uh, for people to connect with you online?
1: I would say my website, Peer Generators has everything. You can also find me on Instagram at Peer Generators or Twitter at Peer Generators. But yeah, website is where you can connect with me via email as well. I also love writing thoughtful emails every week. So that's uh, one of my favorite ways to interact with people. Perfect. Awesome.
0: All right, Miss Rachel, thank you so much for spending time with us and sharing your wisdom, sharing your experience, <laughs> uh, helping us uh, generators and MGs to, I think, just kind of come into a little bit more awareness in regards to how how important it is for us to you know, really work on living in alignment and doing things that bring us alive, you know, in regards to the planet and the direction that we're going right now. So thank you so much. I really appreciate that and appreciate the work that you're doing and really enjoy you on Twitter. And hopefully I'll keep hanging out, but (laughs) we'll see what happens. Yeah, Ana, thank
1: you so much for having me.
0: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. All right, folks. Thank you again for being here with us today. If you found today's interview inspiring, please be sure to share it with someone who could benefit from it. Leave us a review on iTunes or Spotify and be sure to join the email community where I share podcast updates and helpful resources, except when I can't speak. (laughs) Thank you again for being here. And don't forget, when we invest in ourselves, the world benefits until next week.